Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, finally, I think we are back. Um, yes, it does look Gucci. We're good. Um, only my video is a bit messed up right now, which for whatever reason, I need to, I'll fix that. Um, but yes, everyone, I apologize so much. We're, we're, we're trying to get video and live stream and do all these different things this week. So if it is causing any difficulties, we hope to have it figured out by next week. Um in which case my life will be much happier and uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, but we don't need that. This week is all fantasy. So for the most part, I'm going to chalk it up to these two folks here, Eric and Martin. Um, so Eric and Martin, why don't you uh, take it away with the discussion this week? Welcome back, everyone, to the Talking Hockey Podcast. It's your favorite. Producer Luke here to remind you to follow and subscribe on whatever streaming service you use. Leave a review on Apple. Visit our website, TalkingHockeyPodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram at TalkingHockey for daily content. Now, let's get into today's episode with your favorite group of guys, Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be handling some fantasy hockey. We're going to go through ESPN and Yahoo rankings, talk about who's too high, who's too high, or who's too high and who's too low on average uh, draft positions, which is the ADP, which we're going to be referring to. So we're going to you know, go through both these lists, starting with ESPN and basically shit talk them and uh, give you guys some good, good fantasy advice. Right, Marty? Sounds good. <clears throat> Martin, right. focus up. I am. He's, I'm looking. Like, he's literally just looking at the rankings, judging them. <laughs> All right, so Martin, you want to start with the uh, the first thing that we noticed, I guess, on this on ESPN's list. Well, it looks like ESPN has, for some reason, Alec Martinez ranked as their third best defenseman. Yeah, D three, which mean would mean he's their third best fantasy valued defenseman. Which is a little insane, which has led. And to... because of that, yeah. he's getting drafted on average at twenty second in ESPN fantasy right now, ahead of I don't know Brad Marchand, Kale McCarr, <laughs> um, Darnell Nurse, a bunch of other really elite defensemen, essentially, basic fantasy yeah. defensemen, I should say. Fantasy so that's um. Who who wrote that Alec Martinez list? Did you mention that? No, I don't, I don't know. I think it was a com- combination ESPN writers. 
That's embarrassing. Well, yeah, that that's bad. the first kind of issue. Alec Martinez, he does everything. Like he is valuable in a sense. Mm-hmm. Can put up mm-hmm. some points, hits, blocks, get some pims, shoots a bit. So he, you know, he's a solid like third or fourth defenseman that you draft on your team, which is you know the the outside the top hundred or one hundred and fifty. Just for context, for sure. uh, on his average draft position on Yahoo is like one forty something. So this just uh, is a cautionary tale that don't just because someone's in there in if you're in an ESPN or Yahoo ranking system, don't just take the highest guy because he's been in there for a while. There's a reason he's been in there, and it's because other people in your draft are smart and do not believe. You. Also, all I'm hearing is Luke typing right now. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so sorry. I was just typing it for the chat. I, I muted myself on OBS, but I should probably mute myself on Zencaster too. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Bye bye, Luke. Anyway, so that was the first, uh, the, the most noticeable kind of issue there. The top 10 is pretty fine, generally speaking. It looks like on ESPN, anyways, on their. Average draft positions, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Matthews, Vasilevsky, Kutrov, McKinnon, Ovechkin, John Carlson, Mika Rantanen, Alexander Barkov. Pretty much, you know, the fantasy stars of last season coming into this season, mm-hmm. essentially, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Fox is, you know, I get he just led the league in points, but, or not, he didn't lead the league in points. He, got, he won the Norris, I'm pretty sure. McCarr led the league in points, but... Adam Fox going at number 18 when he doesn't hit or block at all in ESPN drafts. And we're talking about like multi-cat leagues here. So leagues that, you know, need shots, blocks, pims, hits, plus minus in some cases. Um, And then obviously points and power play points. Like Adam Fox is super valuable in the points department, but he doesn't do anything else. Like I'd rather have, you know, even Cal McCarr, I'd rather have, you know, even Ekblad or maybe even Darnell Nurse over Adam Fox for fantasy hmm. purposes, right? Yeah. It seems like it's a pretty normal thing, though. Like, all, across all of them, he's going quite high. So It's because he won the Norris. It's just, like, real life. It's it's real life value versus fantasy value, and we see this all the time with, like, yes. you know, in the old days, Bergeron would go a little bit too high in drafts because, you know, it's Bergeron. Yes. But, so basically uh, what we're saying is let someone else take Adam Fox. He's not worth the upper-end draft pick for yeah. the well, end of the If you look at the guys under him, like just under Adam Fox, right? Panarin, Brad Marchand. Yes. Uh, you know, Marner can put up 100 points next year, right? So, yes. you know, the, there's a lot of guys that are a lot more valuable. And if you're looking at defensemen, I don't know about Nurse at 32nd. He's very valuable, and he'll get a lot of power play points. 32nd still might be a bit high, but um, even Dougie Hamilton you have there who piles up the shots. Chris Letang, lots of points, lots of shots. And then if you're going into like the 50s, you you know, you know have other um, really good fantasy defensemen. Shea Theodore, Mark Giordano, Thomas Shabbat in the 70s that – you know, you can get value later on is what I'm trying to say. That um mm-hmm. that can have equivalent sure. value to Fox for sure. So that was the that was really and the Fox two is kinda the risky. Like Fox is a well, little risky. Why? Pardon? Well, why risky? 
like that high. I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, at his best case scenario, he barely he's breaks even at, at that, that level. Spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. But only because of hits and blocks. Like you need your defenseman, generally speaking, to get hits and blocks, right? especially sure. on the block side. If you don't have blocks and 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 with one of your defensemen, you have to severely make up for it in other categories. And then with Adam Fox, if he's going to put up sixty points, let's say next season, or you know sixty five points. Yeah. You can still get 55 points or even closer to maybe even 60 lower down with hits and blocks too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but continuing down the list, uh, Alex Dabrinkit at average draft position 22nd. Um, I think last year you would have got him in like the hundreds or, you know, late 80s, 90s, Alex Dabrinkit, because yeah. he had a bad year. So it's a complete, the complete opposite, essentially, where he's gone from, like, the hundreds to 20th or average draft, like, in 22nd. Again, that's a little high. Aggressive. Yeah, it's a, it's an aggressive pick. He's young, so, you know, people are looking at that as, like, upside. Um, but, it's you know, it's 30... It's- in the th- you're not gonna. I would take you're not gonna lose. 30s. I take him in the thirties too. I don't know. Uh, again, it's not a big deal if you take him at like 22, 23, whatever. But um, it's still a little high. Same thing with like Blake Wheeler. Like Blake Wheeler going twenty eight. Yeah. In downturn swing of his career, putting up less and less points, kind of every year now. Yeah. Um, you're older. Uh, I don't know that I. That's not a pick i'd be making at 28 on average so people are going a little even a little bit higher than that i agree um and then at 27 you have provorov and who you know i had last year in fantasy did not do too well for me (laughs) frankly um because and and this year it's gonna be even worse i put a story up about this provorov's competing against keith yandel ryan ellis rasmus ristolainen um, maybe Sandheim, probably not, but long shot. But all three of those guys for power play time next so, season. So another thing, um, I worry about taking a guy like Kale McCarr as your defense, if we're saying specifically defense, because he's super high ranked, but he doesn't have many peripherals. And as we, Eric said, but I agree earlier, um, we like our defensemen to be multi-cat guys. Um, so yeah, Kel McCarr only gets, only got like 104 shots last year in 44 games. So two, over two shots. Yeah. But you want like two shots a game isn't great. Yeah. For one D that's not great. Sure. He gets like point per game, but still you can get that from your forwards. Yeah. Like you can, the equivalent value of McCarr can be found like right below him in Kirill Kaprizov Mm -hmm. and he'll put up way more shots. Like Kaprizov's going on average thirty one point seven on drafts, and Kale McCarr's thirty one point five. So they're basically going in the same spot. But uh, the, like for example, right? The reason John Carlson is top ten is because the just guy a, does just everything. FYI, just FYI, Kale McCarr in Yahoo is going thirteen. Yeah, so that's even higher. The thing is, like Kale McCarr, I almost get it because point per game defensemen or close to it are difficult. But- that's that's very difficult. So I can get it, but at the same time, like if I'm building out a team, unless you're going to account for that later on. Again, it's all about like accounting for it later on. Like if you're going to make that move up, you have to 
adjust your lineup further down and start going for like guys high on blocks, high on hits, high on shots, that sort of thing. Like there's a reason John Carlson's always ranked in the top 10, top 15. It's because he does literally everything for a defenseman. He puts up a ton of points, ton of power play points. He shoots a lot and he blocks a lot, right? In Yahoo, Kale McCarr is the first defenseman drafted on average. Which I yeah, that's a, disagree with. He should not. Be yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little high for sure. Uh, moving down the list, Crosby at thirty when he's out for a month or a little bit more than that. Also, not exactly the greatest, especially when he hasn't been the usual, you know, hundred or he hasn't been the old hundred points Sidney Crosby. He's been, you know, closer to just round point per game or a little bit above. Uh, it'd be, you know. It'd be a little risky taking him that high when you can grab, you know, at 30, a guy like... It depends how good you think you are, though. Like, if you think you can outdraft a lot of people later on... That's true. Yeah, and then you have Crosby Crosby. back for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. You scoop a Crosby way later than, like, if he wasn't hurt, where do you think he should go? That's true. That's true. The other... um, other thing I was noticing here is like Jake Gensel goes right under him, right? So if you have Gensel for, I'd rather right have Gensel Crosby. for a full season versus Crosby for, you know, let's say two thirds, yes. three quarters of it a season. It is literally thirty two point six to thirty two point seven. Yeah, so they're in, going in the exact same spot basically. I think yeah. Gensel's provides a, you know, again Crosby better life player, but Gensel. Fantasy wise, very similar if he's especially if Crosby's missing a month. Yes. And Jake um, Gensel will likely would shoot Crosby, you know. Yeah. And then we kind of get into a big goalie run on uh Yahoo. You have like Saros, Tristan Jari, Linus Olmark, Felix Gru- Philip Grubauer, all going in the next in the top fifty basically in drafts. <clears throat> uh I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. Um, that's what always well, happens though. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the classic goalie run right after like the top forwards are taken and a couple of the star defensemen, uh, taking, I get th- these are all goalies on good to great teams, right? Bas- that's basically it. Yeah. So you have Vasilevsky and Halyabuk who are always the stars and they're in the top, you know, top 10, um, of drafts, and then you have Quemper going on average twentieth, who should put up a similar season, though he gets injured a lot to a guy like Hellyabuck or Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. And then it's you know Robin Leonard, who looks like the starter in Vegas now because a flurry's gone. Mm-hmm. And then you have a bunch of like pretty good teams goalies right there, but like a guy like Linus Ulmark might be a little bit of a reach at that point. Yeah, despite that's insane. Despite like you know Boston could be good again. <laughs> But like Boston also could not be as good as they have been in the past, mm-hmm. and Olmark hasn't really proven himself to be a full starter yet. Yeah, he's and risky. Boston isn't. Uh, you know, like if if he was going like seventy or eighty, good spot to grab him as like your second goalie kind of thing, or even if he is your first goalie, you grab two in a row, kind of in the fifties to seventies or eighties, depending on how big your draft is, but. I don't know about that. Also, Grubauer going to Seattle on average 48th. Still could be decent value, but again, he's an injury risk, right? 
Like, he constantly gets injured. So, I don't know how I feel about, like, gra- drafting injury-prone goalies. Goalies are that high. Like, goalies are kind of a crap shoot. Especially when there's, like, you look you look at the board of people going around him. Kyle Connor, Mike Sh- Mark Shifley. Mark Shifley, point per game. Kyle Connor, 70 points with, like, 30 to 35 goals, essentially. That's exactly it. Like, you're, you, you have to look at the players around there and think, can they get better value? But on average, goalies can be top 20. Uh, like a good goalie can be top 20 in fantasy value because they're rare and now we'll be back after a word from our sponsors another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And now we'll get back into the show. Yeah, 100%. Like, okay, so if you look at last season's values for players, the most valuable player was obviously Connor McDavid. The second most valuable player in fantasy last year, Philip Grubauer. And then number four, Marc-Andre Fleury. Number five, Vasilevsky. Number seven, Varlamov. Number 10, Alex Ndalkovich, who was literally on waivers <laughs> in probably every fantasy league as well, <laughs> or the free agent market in fantasy leagues. And then Saros is 11. So in the top like 10 um, rankings, it's half goalies, half skaters. Yeah. Essentially. Wait, so you're mad that goalies went so high. But they were like six of the top shoot, right? 11. Like, like Eric said, Nendelkovic, you literally could have picked up partway through the season yeah. um, and not drafted him at all. It's a complete crapshoot to get a goalie. Like you're Okay, so what should people be po- looking for? The point. Of I'm going to ask questions that would be great clips for Instagram, okay? okay. What the, should the, people look be looking for in goalies? Martin, go. The, the starter of their team without any like – Battle for the starting position without injury. Like what stat? What stats though? What stats? Oh, it's the the normal ones are goals against average. Uh, okay. And uh, percentage and wins. save percentage and goals against average and wins. That's all. And you know shutouts, but you can't really predict shutouts. Yeah. But like literally, what you're looking for in a goalie is how many wins can you get me? So are you going to be on a good team or a bad team? Are you going to get a lot of starts? So are you going to be 
have you know, good chance. Uh, yeah. Like, for example, in Colorado, Grubauer was clearly the starter, so he was clearly the guy to draft. Right? Like by far uh, the Basilevsky's best goalie. Is the starter. Like the most consistently best goalie to draft would over the last like three years would probably be Vasilevsky because Tampa Bay is being so good. <clears throat> but then and Vasilevsky's been so good on top yes. of that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. But then, but then the thing is, so the issue with drafting goalies so high, and every everyone's going to have learned this, is yes, they can be really good. But you can also draft them high, and they can be really bad and literally just break your team. Yes. Like just, just come, just literally break your team because yes. you suddenly you're, you know, like two out of your top, like let's say seven picks. Let's say two of them go bad, which happens constantly. It's happened to me. It's happened to others. You suddenly your your team's just screwed. Like there's it's so hard to recover from. Yeah, I would say there's no pick, formula especially that high up. There's no the formula is are they on a good team? Yeah. Are they sem- are they competent? And then are they um are they gonna are do do they have competition? Right. So for example, well, I mean, this I mean year drafting, competition but... Vasilevsky <clears throat> doesn't have competition. Um, but like a lot of these other so a lot of the top goalies from last year. Grubauer has competition in Seattle because they signed Dreger, uh to a, a decently sized deal. Mm-hmm. The, um, uh, who else is in here? Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't really have competition in Chicago, but Chicago isn't necessarily a good team or a good defensive team. You want goalie like a goalie like Talbot, even though he's not as good as Fleury, can be just as or more valuable because Minnesota is a good defensive team. right? And you can get Talbot in these late on these drafts right here, probably outside the top 50. Like I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm seeing... Cam Talbot's going 90th in yeah. ESPN drafts. Well, he's not the guaranteed starter. He isn't, but he's probably but, going to be. Um, Varlamov's also getting uh, harpooned by uh, his person, Pete. Because Varlamov's 70th. If he was the true cut number one starter in New York, he'd he be would, top thirty. Yeah, he'd be easily yeah. top thirty draft. Top um, twenty even maybe. But he's not, which is unfortunate um, that they don't have one. Cause that would make life easier. <laughs> um yeah. That that's it with goalies essentially. You just need to look, are they you know, you don't want Buffalo's goalie. You might want New Jersey's goalie, though. Blackwood and Bernie are going to have a little bit of a battle. So again, it's just like, how do you draft a New Jersey goalie? Like you, you, you are, you arguably have to draft both of them or don't draft them at all because then you're just spot starting and praying that you're picking them on the right night. You're constantly looking at news to see if they're going to start or not. It's such a bitch. How do you approach goalies basically in a draft scenario? Let's say you're in the draft, you're sitting there at like 40 and you see a guy that's slipped that you have high hopes for. <clears throat> And you're like, oh, okay, I'll take this guy right here. But if not, wait, wait until you see like maybe all the goalies are gone. Don't wait that long because that would be terrible. Get get two goalies before the, the hundreds probably. Yeah, and if unless you have like a guy that's ranked very lowly that you're high on, and then maybe you can wait it out. But again, it's risky. It's, it's very risky. Goalies- Goalies are like you can kill it with your players and still lose the season because of your goalies. So it's like it's it's yes. honestly a lot of luck, 
So like I've had years where I got like Hellybuck, Rask, and like Dubnik, and they're all killing it all at the same time. And then I've had years with Dubnik where like he just was so terrible that my whole like my whole team just like kind of shit the bed. Basically. I normally go to I go for Markstrom. He's been my goalie go to. And uh, dude, Rask has been my guy for so many years, and now I don't know who to go to. <laughs> go- Rask has been my consistent. Like I can always go to him because he always falls too low. And people always like underestimate, you know, him and Boston. I think a little bit too. So I've always been able to grab Rask at the right time. And Jack then... Campbell's an interesting one because guys like Nick Nick thinks he shouldn't even be the one starter, but I think he's one seat one starter. I just want yeah, to speak up here on the podcast briefly. I don't have much to say on this episode because it's fantasy, and I don't care. But Nick is not doing well for the brand. No one cares what <laughs> no one cares what Nick thinks about bullies. Okay, let's just say that he's never coming on this podcast again as producer. He, he's not allowed. After yeah. after last week's debacle, getting all the comments and posts about how if, if he people hear his voice on the podcast, they turn it off. Bad bad for the podcast. So bad for the podcast. He, we actually got unfollows for his post. <laughs> checking Bro, that's our metrics. So funny. I was checking our metrics for the day. It it we were Ooh. negative followers. Poor Luke. That makes sense. I mean, hey. Poor Nick. I mean, it took like two months Poor to Nick, get that. Poor Nick, that's what that. I meant, sorry. Oh, okay. I, it took us two months to get that list even up on our up on the page to begin with, and then that happened. And so. I'm glad it shocked took to that long because if we put it up sooner, that would have – Oh, <laughs> Eric's good gone again. that, basically. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Eric, please fix your internet. Please come Eric, back. Eric, back? There he is. He's back. I am back. What Be do you back. mean? Oh, can't oh. hear him. I am back. Okay, good. There we go. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. Anyways, back to your internet. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Tell your parents to get better internet here, man. I I I don't think it's the internet. We got like that Google like net thing, and it should be fine. But I think Markham Internet's kind of just ass or like our area, anyways. Because go. Friend Gautham complain. Anyways, let's go back to fucking <laughs> making fun of Nick. Off. No, go back to fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Can we be anyway, done with goalies? Um, I'm done with goalie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, goalie, goalies. We, let's go to the. Let's go to the next. Uh, let's keep going down this list. So they have G- Jeff Petrie, going average of fiftieth. I don't like that. Um, you think that's too high? I think that's too high. For sure. Same thing with um. So the other thing in fantasy, right, is like like guys like Rupe Hints are going on average fifty second. That's because he had point per game season last year. That seems a bit high for Rupe Hints, like especially when you have like Chris Letang there still. Nick Suzuki is going on average fifty fifth. That must be Montreal fans losing their shit because that's ridiculous. <laughs> That's insane. Can you imagine drafting Nick Suzuki? Man doesn't do anything except put up like 50-point seasons. Maybe optimistically he puts up 60 points this year, and you're drafting him 55th overall on average on ESPN. Like he's going ahead of, above Ahead of Barzell John Tavares. Ahead of John Tavares. Ahead of Barzell. Ahead of like Joe Pavelski, Matt Kachuk, Taylor Hall. This is ridiculous. That that's honestly absurd. I don't I don't understand Shea that Theodore, at all. Shea Theodore is really far down this list. I feel like 
Shea like Theodore that. is definitely going to be a value pick at you know 73, 74. Uh, yeah. If you can grab him there, that's your number one defenseman. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Shoots a ton, puts up points. And he'll be your number two Five defenseman, points. likely. If you don't have a fucking defenseman by in the 70s, you've got some drafting problem. I mean, it depends how big a, a league you have. If you have like twenty, if you have like fourteen people, like we have in the past, like you might only have like three picks by the time it gets to seventies. Fair, true. I forgot about that. That's that is wild. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, so going back to that is a valid uh, pick. Kopitar. Kopitar is going fifty fifth on average. That seems a bit high, also. Not gonna put up a ton of points, Man, like you know. Not- I feel like people are just like really high on these teams, like LA. People are high on LA for some reason. Chicago, people are really high on Chicago. Uh, what's another team that we've encountered? Um, Vegas with Alec Martinez going sixteen or whatever ridiculousness. That's just um, weird. That's just I don't know how to explain that one. But yeah, those three teams were. Definitely teams that people so, are overrated. So high on. guess who's going? So the there's two absolutely absurd picks back to back in ESPN's uh, average draft positions. It's Nick Suzuki going on average 55, and then Mike Smith going on average 59. Mike Smith. He's I going know. ahead of Jack Campbell. He's going again ahead of Varlamov. He's going ahead of Shosturkin, who probably isn't challenged in New York this year. He's going ahead of. Talbot, he's going ahead of Flurry. It, it, it's so absurd. If you think so, about that, that though, too. Edmonton should get a lot of wins. And uh, Mike Smith. Will they? But and even if they do get a lot of wins, are we very confident Mike Smith is the starter the entire year versus yes. Koskinen? Yes. No, I don't think so. Mike Smith has had one good year in the last three years. You go you go, like he had a s- amazing year last year off the back of probably a super unsustainable everything percentage. <laughs> um Koskinen Koskinen's making more money than him. Koskinen sucks though. As I So does Mike Smith him. other than every year except last year <laughs> though. That's what I'm saying like and he's, he's a year older now. Leeway. He's going to have a lot of le- leeway. Like, but he doesn't, because Koskin has the bigger. Okay, so I, I my also think it doesn't matter. Always go for the bigger contract. The I don't think it's going to matter how good this goalie is, because Edmonton's going to outscore a lot of fucking people. Sure, but then he might get wins. But then what about like his goals against? Yeah, I'm not saying I want Mike percent. Smith on my team. Yeah, but that's I'm what I'm saying. saying like, you, you a... can't draft Mike Smith at 59 <laughs> for wins. <laughs> I'm saying it like, makes sense that he's that high because people are doing that. And they I guess I don't know. Mike it's Smith. absurd. It's <laughs> absurd. Anyways, continuing to go down, uh, some undervalued picks here. John Tavares going on average seventieth makes no sense. The guy could easily put up a point per game season. Puts up a lot of shots. That's gets a lot of, of power his, play points. That's definitely just because of the injury that hindered his last year. Yeah, I mean, but even then, he still should be going top fifty. Even accounting for that, right? So, yeah. And then uh, Landis Cog's always a value play at seventy. He does everything. He, he's he will sure. never put up mind blowing numbers in anything, but he does everything, so he becomes super valuable. <laughs> Drew Doughty's like right there. What the hell is he doing there? 
I mean, Drew Doughty still puts up some points and shots and blocks and stuff and hits. He he he's the problem is his plus minus for the last couple of years. I feel and like hasn't probably he's stayed in like the forty point range a couple of years. But if LA's a little bit better, I can see Drew Doughty being a 70, 70th overall pick in fantasy. I think there's still some defensemen I'd rather have ahead of him. Like Ekblad is going eighty fifth in leagues. Like Drew, dude, Drew. Drew Doughty is a hundred second average draft in ESPN. I like that better. Uh in Yahoo, I mean. Okay, I was about to say because yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Um, yeah, I like that better too. But you know, you have to pay for a guy that could put up fifty points and does everything kind of. But like, it doesn't make any sense because Ekblad, who could literally be a sixty point person next year, yet Keith Yandel's gone. Keith Yandel's gone from Florida. He's the only one stopping Ekblad from getting that top power play. Ekblad going 85th is criminal when he does everything, too. He blocks, he hits, he shoots a lot, and he the, puts a point. The thing hindering Ekblad is definitely injuries. People are terrified that he's just going to get die midway through your season. Yeah, well, that's what happened to me last year, so yeah. I took that out on that. So yeah. I get that, but it's still, hey, man, 80. that's very good value at, at that position. For sure. Also, Taylor Hall sure. at 70 with Boston full year. I guess he doesn't have a center still. Like he had Kreishi, so he doesn't have a center. So, you know, that might hamper his production. But I think that's a value pick in the 70s, especially with guys with the other guys around him, like, you know, JT Miller and other forwards like Vincent Trocek and stuff. I think uh, Hall's a good pick, uh, value pick in that range. Yes, I agree. <laughs> And uh, continuing to go down, how do you feel about JT Miller? Because he had that sick first season in Vancouver and then kind of didn't do anything super great last year. Yeah. Um, Multi-cat guy, though. Yeah, doesn't he do a bunch of things? I don't know. I'm pretty low low on Vancouver, though. Like, they're not moving the needle too much. Yeah, and Pedersen isn't signed yet, or yeah. Hughes, so that's going to be problematic too. That's also, I'm surprised that it hasn't influenced their draft rankings as much yet because Pedersen's still going on average 51 right now in leagues, and Pedersen isn't a multi-cat guy. He doesn't shoot a ton. He doesn't hit. He doesn't block. He, you know, he's been that's putting again, up like seven points, seasons. Points and flash getting overestimated in drafts. Like that's what happens. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. People always overestimate the importance of points versus all the other categories that also... Like, a shot is almost as valuable <laughs> as, like, well, an it assist. it depends on your league, too, though. Because some yes. leagues yeah. go points-based, and then it's, uh, like, the each point, each category is worth a portion sure. of points. That's true. <clears throat> That's true. Uh, and continuing to go down, what else is interesting here? Like I mentioned, Shosturkin at 77, New York starter, offensive powerhouse. Like if you can grab Shosturkin at 77, even if he might let in a few more goals because New York isn't great defensively, it's better than Mike Smith at 50. Yep. Uh, you have Mark Giordano, who could be the lead guy in Seattle. Again, that's tempting at 79. Blocks like a ton, Mark hits, shoots. Oh, I well, I I I'm pretty sure I've drafted him like every <laughs> year you for the last for the last like five or six years of fantasy hockey. Okay, it's like my I have standard guys and every like Ristolainen. I used to draft like every year until like Dalian kind of took over, 
but I used to draft first line in every year. I used to draft Giordano every year. I used to draft Ekblad almost every year. Like I have like my staples because I know what they're gonna do. Even if they don't put up the points, Giordano's still gonna hit. He's still gonna block. He's still gonna shoot. Ekblad too. Continuing down the list, uh, Zach Hyman at ninety. I'm surprised he's not going higher. Considering, yeah, I'm very surprised about that. Because I would have thought he would have started going. Because it's a, the McDavid effect. I don't. I would have thought he'd be going sixties or fifties, even with people saying seventy points and all that kind of I stuff. I would take him at ninety, to be honest, just to get on the hype. <laughs> yeah, because he could put up seventy points. He could easily, <laughs> and he does other shit. He gets penalties and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, Very surprising I, I would, yeah. and overranked guy is Drake Batherson. I would not be taking him in the top 100. Position. He's going 99. He's going ahead of average. Johnny Goudreau and stuff. What? Like what? That's so ridiculous. He's going ahead of Sveshnikov. What? How does that make any sense? <laughs> how is First of all, how is Sveshnikov so fucking low, man? This is Andre. Yeah, 112. He shoots. He puts a a ton of points. Power. He's on the top power play. He's just getting better. He's playing with Aho. That makes that's so absurd that he's going 100. He's going under Andre Palat, Bo Horvat, Drake Batherson. ESPN only what? projects what? him to have a 60 point year. Even a 60 point year is better than half those names I just named. When he yes. shoots as much as he does. Like, that's more points than Batherson will have. And he shoots a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, this is really interesting. This is really interesting. Stamkos going in the 90s. I get he hasn't been the same Stamkos he always has been. But that is, uh, that's some, you know, interesting So another big, big divide here is Fedchnikov on Yahoo rankings is getting drafted on average 27th. That almost makes more sense. Although I wouldn't take him at 27. I I definitely wouldn't take him at 27. But I definitely would take him in the 50s. For sure. Not a hundred. No reason to. He's. He's. Okay. I didn't even notice this. He's under Pajot. I know. (laughs) That didn't even really register that hard. But yeah. He's under Pajot. Like, Pajot shouldn't even be in the top 100. Or <laughs> top 100 in, like, 50. Like, I get he does a lot of stuff, but he doesn't do a lot he, of anything. He doesn't do... Yeah, he, he, he's not a leader in any category, really. Like the, That's the other thing you want to look at when you're drafting. It's, like, you want to get guys that also have, like, specialties, kind of. Like, you want guys that have... You want a guy that's in the top 10, 15 of shooters. You want a guy who's in the top 10 or 15 of blocks or hits. Like, you want to yes. get some of those guys because they can load up in certain weeks and it can just win you a week. Or multiple guys, top 20, like two or two or three in the top 20. Yeah, yeah, or like guys that are in, two, like in points and shots or hits and shots or shots and blocks, which is like Giordano or Ekblad, why I've loved them so much in the past, like those types of guys. Yes. Yeah. Padros, yeah, that's insane. I don't really get that. Um, pretty confused. Pretty confused. And Gojo going 103 on average. St- again, I think you already kind of mentioned it, but he's going lower than Elias Lindholm, who's a worse player and doesn't do like doesn't put up as many points as he should. 
So that's also a little weird too. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's Anyways, moving out of the top hundred now. We have Josh Norris going on average 116. I, I just still don't know about that when there's guys. So below Josh Norris, there's guys like um, Morgan Riley, um, Travis Konechny, uh, Jason Robertson even I would take over Josh Norris probably. I just want to go back one sec to the 90s. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers at 93. If you could get him at 93, that'd be very good. The problem with Ehlers is he... He's always limited by Winnipeg not putting him on the power play. Oh, like he I think it's never changing, get on the, He like, never will get so on that hype, top power there's play. There's just so much hype around him nowadays. But he's but the hype didn't translate last year. I he did well, he, he did hurt. do way better at even strength. That's true too. But he also put up more points at even strength and stuff, so I get it, but he's another guy like that he'd be so much more valuable if Winnipeg just put him where he should be, which is on that top power play, but they just yes. won't. This is fair. Right. Um, but yeah, like I was mentioning, so Morgan Riley, you can draft all the way at 120. I suspect that'll change over the coming weeks. I, I, I expect he'll go higher. The problem with Morgan Riley is he used to shoot a lot and now he doesn't because Toronto moved from shooting a lot from the blue line under Babcock to shooting a lot from you know, the inner slot or the slot anyways, I guess, with um, Keith. So Morgan Riley, his fantasy value tumbled essentially off the back of that. Um, but he has no competition for 1D really this year, at least on the P- top PP. Like, And that's a good top power play. Yeah, he. well, I mean, in the playoffs, they put Sandine there a little bit. and you know, they, they? They did try some guys. They were changing it up? Okay. Yeah, so... We'll see. Again, it's just depending on if they struggle, you know? Yeah. That's going to – but I think I, – I expect Riley to keep the spot. I, I'm i not going to say he's not going to keep it. I, I would predict he would. Um, But anyways, there's guy like Josh Norris is ranked 116th, but you guys – you have like there's – like Travis Konechny's getting drafted 120. Konechny does pims, he shoots, he hits, and he'll put up, you know, 60-ish points. Basically, he should be on the top power play in – Philly, he might. He miss had a pretty it. bad year he, last year. Like he, he was did. very he did. crappy, last and that's year. probably ex- why he's getting. He, he's not in the top hundred this year, but he's another guy kind of similar to Debrinket, where you know one bad year doesn't offset like the overall trend, which was very positive up until last season. So he'd be good value. Um, <clears throat> moving down, uh, this is where you get into like some. You are right. Mackenzie Weegers too low. I think you said he's. You pointed out him. Uh, no, yeah. I, th- I, I honestly I don't even remember. But, but uh, Florida, I'm also quite bullish picks. on Florida, and Mackenzie Weegar promises to be their second D, and he's sick, and yeah. Yeah, we we the thing is like. Uh, he does everything, so he will be. He should be valuable. I just don't know about 120. You know, that that's my only thing. Like, I, uh, I don't know. Depends um, how many D you have on your team at that point. Like, if he's going to come in and be your third or fourth D on your fantasy team, very good at one point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, if you if you go down a few spots, you see Malkin's getting drafted 132nd. But he obviously because he of the injury. Two months, or is it just? Yeah, months? he's he's out for a while, like two to three months. Yeah. 
Like no, he'll miss like great. I think he misses two months of the season because he's missing training camp. Okay. Um, essentially two. So, but again, that's another pick where like Malkin's injury prone and he's already missing two months. It like I would love to have Malkin on your team if he's healthy, but he's a guy like I would probably avoid in this draft unless he fell even farther. To be honest. Okay, we found we found a really bad option here. Um, one sec, I want to just confirm some stuff. Yeah, um, uh, you got Alex Goligoski at right below Malkin at one thirty two point two average draft position. I don't even think he should be drafted. To be honest, like I don't, I don't see why. Uh, he, want Alex but he Goligoski he does team. he does hit and block and stuff. But yeah, I. I Makes no sense to have him 132. Oh, he actually went to Minnesota. He's not even going to get ice a lot of ice time there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's yeah. going to play. In Arizona, he got a lot of ice time, so it worked. I don't, yeah. He shouldn't be going that high, especially because under him, uh, Tom Wilson, 140. Just huh. get all your pims and hits right there alone. Um Sam Gerard put up like 45, 50 points last season. You can get him at 142. Klingberg could have a bounce back, though. You know, I'm skeptical on it. So I'm staying away from Klingberg this year. Um, Brian Rust, who's been killer the last couple of years in fantasy. I think you had him last year, right? I had him in one of my leagues. Yeah, and he did well. Yeah. So, and then also Connor Garland at 145. Uh, I would take that bet. Hundred, even if Pedersen's out, because Connor Garland's been improving year after year. Shoots a lot, hits a lot, put up some pims again. He's kind of he's a guy. He's a good guy, fantasy guy. I suspect Brock Besser also one forty three. Again, way too low compared to like again, you know, Pajot, Josh Norris, Chris Kreider, all those guys up up above. Ryan Strom even. I guess Ryan Strom. He, he's Doing been doing better, but still. Uh, keep going down. Claude Giroux at 146. Don't think you would have ever thought you'd see that in recent years, right? He's had like a 100-point season, 90-point seasons in the last few years, so Giroux's also a big value bet. Yeah. They still, like, it makes no sense. ESPN still hasn't projected to get 60-plus points, and he puts up shots and stuff. It makes like no sense they would be getting drafted at one forty six. Like Giroux should be more valuable than like Backstrom, uh, and they have him ranked a whole like seventy spots higher or something like that. Yes, I agree. So it's like, it, and again, fantasy is just all about value, right? Like it doesn't matter if you think you're going to have a good or bad season; it's about value. Why would you draft Backstrom at let's say sixtieth or something when you can get Giroux, who's getting on drafting on an average? On average, at one forty six, like there's there's literally no reason to because you can get the same quality of player, way lower, like in 40, 50, 60 spots lower. At one forty eight, you have Neil Pionk, which is fucking insane. Yeah, he didn't have the thing is he had a worse year last year because he didn't get power play time because Josh Morrissey took it for some reason. Power play time makes no sense. Yeah, but yes, yeah. So he's going lower now this year, but again, the huge value play at 150 because yeah. again, he does everything you want from a defenseman, even if he doesn't put up a ton of points. Sergachev at 152, I know he's stuck behind Hedman, but again, if he's your 
lower third down or fourth defenseman. Defense, yeah. It's not too bad, but it doesn't make sense why Wierenski at one is going at one fifty five and Sergachev is going at one fifty two. Like why? Wierenski is officially the number one guy in Columbus now. Yes, that is true. I feel like ESPN does not. And people that do as ESPN drafts, I guess, do not take this into account. <laughs> but I, but that's like such a simple concept. Number one guy, number two guy. Like grab the number one guy who's actually better than Sergeyev too, basically. Like I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird. Verona is kind of interesting at one fifty four. I guess. Like I get Detroit crap, but also. Verona is, you know, very good. And he Whoa. did well in Detroit last season. You're pointing out Verona when down at 158 is Willie Nye? I didn't even see that. I wasn't even there. He wasn't even on my page yet. Um, but yeah, Nylander going 160th. That's um, kind of absurd too, to be honest. Yes. Um, again, he's not like a really like insanely good fantasy guy. because. No. You know, he'll put up like 60 to 70 points, points and he doesn't wise, shoot a good. lot a lot. <laughs> but again, like 160 when there's, again, guys like Josh Norris and others like going ahead of him, it doesn't really make any sense. Um, he's a guy you can draft in the top 120, 130, and you'll be fine, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, two interesting picks in a row, Carter Hart and Carey Price at 159 and 160. Uh, Carter Hart bounce back year. Suddenly, you look like a god for getting him that low. And Price, I don't know. He's. It says Price is out right now. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he didn't pass Did his he? physical. Uh oh, that's not good. Um. Well, no, if he's it's healthy, okay. it's okay. He that that it was known he wasn't going to pass his physical. He's like uh, three weeks or something missed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So th- then, one hundred percent, you grab him at one sixty because even if he's in a you know really tough division, not a not so great team, still good goalie can still get you in an eighty game season. He can still get you thirty wins, mm-hmm. right? And that's all. That's all you can ask for at one sixty. Thirty wins and decent uh, goals against average and save percentage. And Carter Hart's kind of a wild card where he could you know he can be a top five or ten goalie, or he can just be complete crap again and they have to go to Brian Elliott or whoever's behind him basically uh, again some weird picks like Brock Nelson and Maxime Contois at one six, in the 160s not so sure about those um, they don't like Comtois does a lot of everything like I so when I was looking at Comtois this uh, a couple nights ago actually I was like oh he could be a really great sleeper because I was just like, Definitely oh, he can easily be. put up like a 50-point year, good peripherals. But you're not getting a sleeper at 160. Like, there, there's no upside there. Because even his best-case scenario, he ends up in like the top 130 of players. So, like, you're not really getting any upside with drafting him at that point. And then the risk is there where he doesn't even hit 40 points. Yes, and or then, he's droppable. Yeah, or he's droppable and you wasted a 165th pick he's on the- that. When, again, there's guys below him like Kevin Fiala... T- again, Tarasenko's been injured, but Tarasenko, Hoffman, Taravainen, all in the 170s. We're getting into picks now where you're kind of like, uh, if your guys that you have as sleepers are gone, going, um, 
sorry, I've lost, completely lost my train of thought. I had a <laughs> had it right in front of me and then it completely left. <clears throat> but I've gone really uh, far something about sleepers. But Alex Tuck is like down at two hundred one. Like you could easily interchange him, Alex Tuck with. Uh, who did we I just think, have at one? Who we were talking about? I think right? Tuck is injured, isn't he, or is he not? Oh yeah, he's injured. My bad. Yeah, that might be why. Oh, but regardless, six months. My bad. Yeah, that, that's probably why that there, makes there's sense. There's the reason. They <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember hearing about it. I was like, yeah. But anyways, What's wrong with uh, this you're, time? God, you're, yeah. I don't know, but that kind of sucks. He's yeah, out for six months, undergoing surgery. Expected to miss half the season. Ouch. That's a big. He's loss another for guy, man. Like he's yeah, that's a big L. And he they even had him projected at twenty one goals, thirty four assists. That would have been a good season overall <laughs> for him. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. here we go. Jack Hughes down at two oh one. Sorry, what? Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's the type of uh that's that's, that's a, a value pick. That's a right very there. big value pick. That's a value pick. <clears throat> uh Boone Jenner 204 value pick. Clean Keller to at uh 205 Boone value Jenner's pick. Jenner's kind of been going downhill in my mind. Um he no yeah. longer does it all. Um he gets hurt a lot. He's aged. True. His game hasn't um, been like yeah. Kim Atkinson in Philly at 196. I like that. Sean Monahan 194. I I get it. Sean Monahan's been rough for a couple of years, but that bounce back potential slash four floor of like a 50 point season with a bunch of shots and stuff. I like that at 194 too. I don't have a problem with that. Or Forsberg at 193. Again, that's okay. like a top line player. Brendan Gallagher down at 210. I think he's injured again, right? It's not saying he's injured, but maybe he is. Oh, that's weird. Um, I mean, oh no, no. The latest news saying he's making his debut. Yeah, that's oh. weird to me that he'd be well, so low. I mean, if you can get Gallagher in the two hundreds or Very even insane. sub one fifties, that's really good value. Although he did, he did lose a lot of fantasy value this off because his two line mates are gone. Tatar and um Deneau are gone, so that lowers his fantasy value considerably went from one playing on one of the best yes. lines in the NHL to I don't even know what his line is going to be anymore um and yeah, it also so depends that, on that's the, the only hesitation like Gallagher is definitely a uh, you need shots in the league you need uh other peripheral categories to be counted for him to be extraordinarily yeah. valuable yeah Ker- Kirby Doc's kind of interesting at 198 like I wouldn't draft him there because I don't see the fantasy value, but that that's an interest. You can see that people are kind of high on him. Yeah. Right? Uh, also, uh, Samsonov, 193. <clears throat> that's also interesting. No? Uh, Samsonov's so? the backup for who? Sorry. I don't think he's backup no, in he's Washington. Backup. I think he's the starter. This is his time. It's his is, time. He the, is he the starter? No, they got Vitek Vinacek. Yeah, but I don't think... Samsonov, Vinacek, I don't know. I, I think Samsonov can be the starter this year. It's my prediction. ESPN's projecting a full ride share. 
timeshare. We'll see. We'll see. There's also other interesting guys. Bertuzzi out. I get Bertuzzi is going to be out a lot because of the games missed. You have to think he'll eventually just get the vaccine mid-season, don't you think? I mean, I hope. But I got 181 for a 60-point season from Bertuzzi with a slightly better Detroit team. Yes. Or forward group anyways. And I don't know why Tyrvine is going all the way at 176. I get he doesn't do a lot of peripherals, but he still puts up like 60 to 70 points every single year. So that's a little weird as well. A little low for him. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of, that's the top 200. I guess we can go a little bit into the, you know, if we want to pick up some late guys like Eric Carlson going 212. I, like again, I get it. He's been bad, but he's still a fan. He's still good fantasy wise. Yeah, right? go over your like top good ish fifteen sleepers or something in the below two hundreds, and then we can edit it off there. Yeah, I don't know if I want to give away my my sleepers though. You know, give away your yeah. sleepers, Eric. Mm-hmm. When's I'll the give fan- away like guys? The I'll give away guys that I'm seeing that are going sub two hundred that shouldn't be. There's um, Thomas Tatar. There is, uh, um, depending on how you feel about Tony D'Angelo, he's probably going to get that number one power play in Carolina. So uh, he could be. Eric Carlson, I get it. He had a really bad season last year, but even a potential bounce back is worth the risk at 200. Guy I'm seeing at Uh, 224, Jesse Pugliarvi. That's very yeah. That's very With interesting. A full year beside McDavid. If you Carter for Hagee, two twelve. He was almost point per game. He was like a sixty something or sixty five point pace last year. Uh, uh, what else? Eberle is going. Eberle's top line player right now, and he's going two ten in Seattle. That could be valuable. Another sixty point guy. Uh, Chris Dreger going two twenty eight again. He could end up becoming a starter if Gubauer gets injured. If not, he could be a timeshare. So that's interesting. Uh, keep going down. Voracek in Columbus at 230. He shoots a bit, and he can still put up like 55 points, I think, in Columbus. Uh, and keep going down here. That's kind of, you know, those are the big ones. Blake Coleman at 230. Blake Coleman does everything. He, he Blake Coleman is a fantasy guy. He shoots a ton, he hits a ton, and he you know he'll get a bigger role in Calgary, I suspect. So he'll put up a little bit more points, I think, as well. And he's going in like almost the three hundreds. That is nuts. Yeah. So th- those are kind of our guys. I think we can wrap it up there. I think we've talked fantasy long enough, and I think Luke's tired just sitting there, scratching his balls or something. I don't know what I'm he's pretty, been doing. I'm pretty tired. Yeah, I'm Long pretty day. tired. Uh, I'm just, I'm just pissed that you know the, the Twitch stream didn't go perfectly, but we'll be back. It'll go better we'll next again time. Next time, yeah. It's just man, the video sorting out is the most annoying part of it all, and how they just change around the screen. So we definitely need a better website than Zen Zencaster. So I'll figure it out for next week. But thank you everyone for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you everyone for tuning into this week's episode. We love and appreciate each listener that sticks around to the end. With that comes reminders to leave a review, press follow on those streaming platforms, and make sure to head over to Instagram to follow Talking Hockey. We're on the road to 30K and we can't wait to continue to build our audience. Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin signing off. We'll see you all next week.